sure. I'll talk it out. Yeah. Let's just have a conversation. Track three. <clears throat> Better not be fucking Dave Matthews band. Okay. Those of you who don't want to be a part of this can leave now. Derek, please listen to me. But if you choose to stay, which it seems like you guys are choosing. Derek, please. You understand and agree to the following terms and conditions. Derek! One. Derek, this is the virus. You talking. hereby waive your right Derek, please. to your own personal bodily integrity. This is not you. Two. Per the state versus Neville Reed. My colleague and I will not be held criminally liable for any felony or misdemeanor that you may be a victim of, including, but not limited to, aggravated assault, aggravated battery, disorderly conduct, destruction of property, mayhem, and first-degree murder. And three, terms and conditions may change or be updated whenever the fuck I want! Consider yourselves notified. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Describe the ruckus, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? Doing the Hordes of Chaos, episode 194. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So, um... We got us a new kitty. We did. We, we um, talked about it last week a little bit. No, I we didn't. Actually, we did. did. No. We're, this, we're just now recording this the day before it's getting released. Mm, <laughs> we normally record it. It's been a busy uh, busy week. We've had a lot to do. We still have a lot to do. we got to get to this basement crap some more. And... Oh my gosh, I know. I just got home literally 12 days ago. Think about it. And she literally just got home from work not too long. And I just got home from the office. And in these 12 days, we've 
completely rearranged the front part of the basement and installed more shelving. We've cleaned the basement. Um, we got a new cat. We have played racquetball twice. Um, I don't know how we've squeezed so much into, like... I mean, we probably would have did everything Friday like we usually do, but we went to go see uh, Nomos. Yeah, we went, we went to go see Nomos the day after Thanksgiving, and we played racquetball that day. Um, Saturday... What did we do Saturday? Not much. Cleaned. We cleaned a little bit. But it was kind of like a recuperating day, too, because, you know, we were just busy all throughout the week. And... Yeah, but we do, we have a, a decent-sized storage area, and what ends up happening is we just start piling stuff in it, and it, it's, it's starting to, like, overflow into the laundry room, so we have to kind of, like, go through it and decide, okay... What are we going to do? And we have, like, empty containers back there, too, that are just stacked up. And we're like, okay, well, we're going to put some... We're going to use these empty containers. Then yeah. we're, then we're going to properly store things. and Which we usually do. It's, but, it's, a, it's a process that we have to go through every once in a while. Oh, God. And then I, I went shopping. Um, I, went, I mean, it, this is in 12 days. I went grocery shopping. I went to Target. Um, and we revamped the basement. Mm-hmm. So now everything's a little bit different, but a little bit easier to do things with now going forward. Yeah, it's like we actually have room now. the The house that we live in is is small, and like the doorways and staircases and stuff are narrow. So like, moving stuff around is not always easy. So like when we get new things in the house, a lot of times, like especially in the basement, we were just kind of like shoving it in there. Like, oh look, we got another, we got a new chair, we got a new this, and now it's like okay. It seems more cohesive and, you know. So anyway, anyway. Uh, we spoke about going to Nomos. Uh, it was a big time show for them uh, for a number of reasons. Um, one, we always love seeing them. But two, it was their video shoot uh, night. So the place they were doing is that uh, only could allow so many people in there. So it sold out very fast. And Echo had texted me while she was out, like, you need to get tickets to this. Even if I'm not going to be back in time, which luckily she was. But, uh, yeah, so they're, they're filming a video for Denied Disgrace off their latest uh, album, the debut record for them, uh, full length. Uh, they do have some other records, but more of a promo and demo works. But uh, their new record, uh, Consume, Deny, Repent, is great. One of my favorites of the year. Uh, they, as I said, they were doing video. I think they played the song two or three times throughout the night to try to get everyone to, you know, see what kind of footage we can get for it. Uh, there was a guy that was videoing it, doing interviews. So when it gets released, it got some behind-the-scenes stuff. So you'll probably see my ugly mug in there talking about no moss and stuff like that. And it was kind of cool because they they played other songs too, like oh, yeah, obvi yeah. but. It was a very, it was a performance space slash gallery, so it was a very different type of club. It wasn't even a club, it was a house. A house. It's a house. <laughs> and they repurposed it for, you know, artistic usage. We get there, we park, and, you know, there was actually a decent amount of parking on the street. We get in there, and I'm like, okay, I didn't even know, like, I 
you know, we didn't bring any real refreshments or anything. I didn't know if food was going to be there. I just, you know, we'd never been there before. Um, however, it was just as the night went on, people were spilling in and out of the house. It was so loud, like unbelievably loud because it's a small space. And as they were shooting, they were like um, getting different angles and different reactions from people and we were it was just cool because it felt exactly like I think they wanted it to feel very like underground and gritty and you know very true to themselves and they all should be proud because they did a, an excellent job and the, the album is wonderful the the guys were just like beaming afterwards you know they knew that they they did a good job they knew that oh, yeah. the crowd it, was it was into so tight it. that yeah. you know roger was literally inside the, the the pit with the rest of them trying to sing and he was actually allowing some of the fans to sing with them uh we had kind of gotten our space on the stairway that was nearby so we can kind of see what's going on i was taking some video clips and whatnot but uh, they had three other bands playing there. Uh, Desolus, who was another favorite of ours. We just did an interview not too long ago with them. Uh, so Vivek and company were all there again uh, playing for us. Uh, then they had this band out of Portland where Oxygen Destroyer is out of as well at the heart of the world. A couple of guys who do this industrial death screamo stuff, uh, which is kind of in the vein of like either like old school pain god flesh and die corrupt so it has that kind of vibe about it it was like metal industrial and so much energy I was... oh they they for two guys who aren't really like they're not playing guitars or anything one guy's singing and have, yeah and... and but they are head banging and they are going nuts a lot of energy they are really fun to watch and i was showing some of my co-workers your video of them because I was trying to describe, like, all the different bands from right. the evening. And I'm showing, like, the, you know, we know these guys, we know these guys. But, you know, we've never seen this band before. And it was just, like, a nice surprise. Because it was still similar, but different enough that it was, you're like, where the hell did they come from? Like, and they were just... Yeah, and it was kind of funny because when I was talking with John, the guitarist of Nomos, after the show, I said, well... Where, where do these guys come from? Because, like, I'd never heard of them. And, I, and like, and he goes, well, they were actually from Portland. They are on tour. Because, like, recently they're just in Florida right now. Uh, but they were passing through. And uh, I think they either asked John about, like, if there's a spot they can play on the 25th, which happened to fall on the day they're doing their video shoot. And they were more than honored to come play. Very nice guys. I went out and said, hey, great job, guys. I really enjoyed your work. So... Uh, very humble, very nice. Uh, then we have Delirient Nerve, uh, a three-piece uh, grindcore band, also in the same vein as No Mossadum, but a bit different. And uh, again, full of energy, really cool guys. Uh, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, so every, the, the crowd responded very well to all of, all of them, so it was really nice. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the video shoot and, and more experiences we had with that. Uh, then we're going to talk about Wednesday, the Netflix series that just came out uh, for the Adams Family. And then we'll have my retro DVD movie vault pick, Lake Mungo, which Neko had a chance to check out last night. Well, I thought she already seen it, but she hadn't. So uh, I had heard of it, but 
you kept insisting that I saw it, and I'm like... Well, a lot of times I'll throw something on, and I'll watch it, and sometimes you're there with me watching, either you're paying attention or not, so I thought, well, maybe she did see this one, because I've watched it a couple times prior to this, before I got the DVD, Blu-ray, so... And I just have to say, like, I, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it, but <laughs> I, I usually, like... If I don't like something right away, I kind of tune it out. But this was, like, super interesting. Yeah, you're pretty engaged early, mm -hmm. I could tell. So, yeah, we'll get into all that. A um, lot of great new music coming your way. Good rock block. We haven't quite gotten back to Neko's Pick of the Week yet, so it's basically just a bunch of rock that I've thrown in there. Uh, she'll have to brainstorm again and give me some more ideas. I'm going to have to brainstorm. No. <laughs> Not the brainstorm. I don't want a brain. Uh, but yeah, so let's get into our first block. Where it actually features all the bands that played with Nomos and I included Nomos. So it's a forfer for you all. Going to kick it off in the order that they ran. Here is Desolus with The Arrival. <laughs>
Got a little bit of the taste of what we witnessed the other night, and it was a blast. And uh, as Neko pointed out earlier, it was pretty packed. I mean, we could barely go anywhere. It's like, but it's almost like we were talking, we were laughing, because our drummer for Nomos, Henry, his house is kind of like a similar setup. I mean, they usually play some gigs there in their own house, and uh, it's not house it's, shows. It's, it's not a lot of room. So like, if you if you're gonna be in front, you're gonna be in the pit. You have no choice. Uh, if you're in the middle room. Uh, you generally can get a little reprieve, at least at Henry's house. This house, like... We were on the steps, like, They so still we had people, see, like... Yeah. Uh, in the middle room, they still had people, like, moshing, and they were actually uh, crowd surfing, and before they had to shut that down, because they were grabbing stuff and tearing it down, but... <laughs> They actually ended up popping out one of the windows by accident. Uh, oh my gosh, and then um, they kept running into Henry's drums. Yeah, well the one guy, there was one guy, and he's, he's a friend of the band's, and he, he was pretty lit. I mean, he was drunk from the word go when he got there, I mean, and so he would, you know, start moshing and kind of lose control and fall into the drum set, <laughs> or bump into Roger, and then Roger bumps into the drum set, and, but, uh... There was actually a point where I saw John had to like motion to people like get, get back so I could play. He was he was like he was being squished. Yeah, he was crowded where he was playing. There just wasn't a lot of room. Like that first room, technically should have been for the band only, but there's you know you have to get like ninety to hundred people in that house because they paid. And on top of that, they were really trying to, they were amping up the, the group. Like they wanted moshing they wanted like crowd surfing which i don't even know how the fuck they did that but they did um right and i think that's the only thing that i would say to myself why there because you're, you're doing a video shoot and it is a lot more intimate i get that you don't want to do sound stage really because uh i know roger likes to interact with the the fan base a lot so then the question just comes like could there have been a better venue to kind of open it up a little more? Like, you know, something that they could have done where it could still be intimate, but not so set up in a way mm -hmm. where you couldn't see anybody. So, I mean, I have no doubt that we probably got into videos somewhere. I didn't want to be. I was like, mm, back, gone. But, oh, but, it, but it depends on how the guy edits the video when he goes to do the, the final video anyway. And uh, it was, and that was the one thing, like, um... Crap, I forgot. I'm going to have to double check with Henry. He told me the name of his production company, and he's he does a lot of metal videos. Like, um, he that's, like, what this guy does. Because I, I, was, I was just honestly curious, like, how, because um, it, it's, it's a big deal. I'm like, you know, how did you go about, like, getting the music video and how did are you you know are, are you do you have this guy is he doing the editing or, or blah 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 and henry told me he's like yeah you got you got to check him out on um on facebook and youtube because that this is what he does and i i honestly i feel so bad i'm gonna see if i can find it on um on their page if they've mentioned I thought the guy it. shot the video yeah 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 he's a really really nice guy and uh young too very young oh yeah and he, and he said he was he felt honored to do the video for him and everything. So I, I thought you know he and he he took he was out there in the pit with some of them like you know I had to be I felt bad for him a ways because like I said some guys were knocking into him and it's like you know this guy's trying to get good footage but you know don't don't destroy the guy you know he's got to be able to 
record the video. But he took it all in stride. He was uh, enjoying it, and he was enjoying the footage he was getting. So hopefully he came away with a lot of good stuff because he had one camera behind Henry and then one at the top and front. But again, it was only facing the band itself, so I'm not sure how much of the actual uh, pit and stuff that he might But he got. also had a His, handheld yeah. camera. So he had multiple cameras set up so that he could, uh, right. you know. So he's probably how he's going to do He's going to take the footage from everything, from the three different takes that we did of the song, and then he'll put it together to go along with the music and whatever's released. So I, I really can't wait. I thought it was a really fun time. Uh, like I said, the other bands that played were really good. Uh, can't really go wrong with any of the bands that, that were there in fact if you get a chance wherever you are if you listen to this podcast at the heart of the world those two guys we were talking about that are touring right now you know check them out i know they're in pensacola right now and then i can't remember where they're going from there it might be bama or something i'm not sure what are they in the heart at the heart of the world at the heart of the world yeah and let so, me let me see if i can pull up their schedule yeah they should have a that date in there there they are. They've been posting about it anyway. But, uh, yeah, so they're on tour right now, and they're, they're really worth it. Like, it, Oh, it, yeah, then they're going to Austin. Yeah, Austin, Texas. There you go. So That's really wild. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, they're so interesting. Like, this is, oh, they're going to Pensacola, New Orleans, uh, San Antonio, Austin, El Paso, Albuquerque, Las Vegas, San Diego, Sacramento, Oakland, Reno, and Oregon. And this is all between today and the 12th of December. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're on the move. busy. Uh, and that's good for them. Like I, like I said, I had never heard of them. John had run into them in Vegas or somewhere at some point. And, uh, or Cali. I can't remember where he said Yeah, he said it was at the Vegas, um, what was the name of that, um... But he said he really enjoyed them, and then, like I said, they were inquiring about a date when they came through Baltimore, and so... He was like, I actually have something for you. Yeah, you guys can be here for a video shoot. And I, I actually... I, I didn't know what to think. Like, I, you know, I didn't... Because I knew we know Desolus and we know Nomos, but I... Well, there's no doubt the other three bands were all more of the, the heavy metal, you know, metal type stuff. And they were more of a industrial, like, synth pop or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. I, yeah. It's hard to, like... But the, the funny thing is, though, is that, like I said, you, you listen to them, that's one thing. You're kind of like, I'm like you. I'm like sitting there trying to get my thoughts together. I'm like, okay, these, this is interesting. And then you just see their energy. Like, they look like they're literally just got done playing in a band. Like, <laughs> they're headbanging constantly. And the guy's singing and they're, you know, they're waving back and forth. And, you know, just the sounds that are coming out. Like, the music's great. And if you're listening to what we played you today it doesn't really hold them justice you have to see them live because it's a whole so different much experience equipment. yeah so much equipment like i could not believe how I much mean, they're equipment. constantly jumping around headbanging and you know in some ways you kind of say to yourself well is the music really headbanging worry but for them it is yeah and it I, is yeah and i was tapping my feet and nodding my head too so that's that's the thing I'm like we like industrial type you, right metal oh, yeah. rock 
I grew up on Fear Factory, so like I I, I totally get it. Uh, and and plus, like I said, you watch them and you feel the vibe they're giving. That's that's why they're a great live act because they are into what they're doing. They're trying to and they're definitely trying to get people into it. And like everyone that was there watching them got into it. So uh, many thanks to John for introducing me to them because I went and bought their digital records so you could play for you all today. Oh, cool. I'm glad you did that. Yeah, it was only like six bucks or something. But it's supporting them, and it goes right into their their pocket. pocket. Into their pocket. Now, they did have merch. I didn't buy anything because I didn't have any cash, and I didn't know who they were, so... Maybe. They had already cleaned up before we you <laughs> right. know, got a check. Because they were, like, in and out. Yeah, because well, they had to get on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, they had to go do their shit. So, uh, but, you know, I'm sure I'll find some shit down the line that maybe they're selling, like, on their I hope they camp. come through again. They seem like um, they're heavy into the touring, and they seem to be doing well. And I really hope, like, they had a good experience. Because we were actually in Washington, D.C. It wasn't up here in Baltimore. Um, right. I hope they had a good experience in Washington, D.C. That will make encourage them to come back yep so yeah all in all uh, a lot of fun um when the video finally gets done and we'll definitely share it with you all on social media and stuff so be looking for it we're excited for it and then we're gonna get back into our music couple blocks uh brand new stuff from vacuous deaths to dissect ground and here's some brand new stuff from miscreants flame of consciousness
What's up, everyone? This is Richie from Grave Huffer, and you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio. Rank it the fuck up.
Hey, DJ Anubis here, and I want to say if you dig all things Godzilla and KG related, then check out the YouTube channel of the Sci-Fi Century. He has great reviews, opinions, and theories in the world of sci-fi horror, anime, and of course everyone's favorite comic breeding lizard, Godzilla. Century provides great commentary when both having a special guest on his shows as well as the collaboration with the big teddy bear, that fat samurai guy. So if you want to keep it raw, real, tune into the Sci-Fi Century. That's S-C-I-F-I-S-E-N-T-R-Y. Sci-Fi Century. Tune in to get the best in science fiction and Godzilla-related information. Peace. jump to our rock block for this afternoon and in it we have the flies wasp got some classic armored saint billy squire some heart mm -hmm. and kicking it all off is a band that came out of baltimore actually maryland i'm not sure exactly where in maryland but uh they were kind of hot in the early 90s for a little while jimmy chicken shack oh yeah this is called dropping anchor
everybody, this is Mr. Joshua Gray, your live gameplay DJ, live weekday mornings, every day, but hump day, playing Mortal Kombat or other games occasionally and featuring a number of different artists. So come on by, grab your breakfast, and enjoy some fatalities. Mr. Joshua Gray on YouTube, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 8 to noon to the moon. And you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio.
everyone, this is Blake from Pig Destroyer, Hate Beak, and Zealot R.I.P. And you are listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko at Metal Tavern Radio. Get into it now. So did you ever, like, enjoy the movies, The Addams Family? I did. I thought they were alright. So, obviously, uh, we're going to be talking about Wednesday, which came out on Netflix. And uh, it's focusing on the character of Wednesday Addams, one of the, the daughter of the family, if you're familiar with The Addams Family at all. And uh, Wednesday is being portrayed by Jenna Ortega, who I thought did actually a really, really good job with the character. Uh, I definitely got the Wednesday vibes with the way she portrayed her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also stars uh, Catherine Isaiah Jones as Morticia Adams. Uh, I forget who plays Gomez. Louise Guzman? Yes. Uh, and then there's Pugsley, who, who's that guy? Do you know? Does, does it tell you? I think it's Isaac Ordonez. Okay. Uh, but also has Ricky Lindholm as Dr. Valerie Kinbot, as well as Christina Ricci, who uh, plays another character, a teacher, I think, or something to that effect in the storyline. So that's kind of like yeah, a Christina bit of a... Christina Ricci is Marilyn Thornhill, a botany teacher who is a quote-unquote normie. Normie, yeah. Uh, but that's kind of like a, a nod to the, the movies, because... Christina played or portrayed uh, Wednesday Adams in those two movies in the 90s, uh, which she did a really good job back then, too, which I always enjoyed to show those movies and made me laugh a lot. I think it was what? Uh, Raul Julia? Did he Raul play? Julia was Gomez. Yep. And, and Morticia, I, I forget the actress's name, but she's pretty good. Um was her name hold on hold on hold on hold on it was angela uh, uh, uh angelica houston it's, yep yep i'm looking at her picture right yep. now angelica houston yep so yeah uh so the new one is being uh it was directed by the same guy who did uh smallville so that's like the superman lois thing i think i never saw the show but i kind of knew what it was about um and so basically the theme of this is Wednesday's in a, pu- a public high school uh, with her brother. And we see an early scene where she's going to her locker and there's like a bunch of writing on Because like she's goth, you know, you can see she's different than everybody else. So she opens up her locker and Pugsley's there because, you know, some jocks like stuck him in her locker. <laughs> and so it, it, you probably saw it if you saw the trailer for Wednesday when, you know, a week's back when it was being prepared to come out. She's walking towards uh, the gymnasium where the pool is, and the jocks are guys are, are swimming out there. I don't know if it's like water polo or whatever they're doing. Yeah, but, they're playing water polo. Uh, but she walks up on them in the, in the area, and like the guys see her, and they start mocking her a little bit. Like, hey, look who it is. You know, it's a funny-looking girl. It's something to that effect. Uh, and that's, of course, when she says you know nobody tortures my brother but me and then she holds up two bags of like piranhas <laughs> which would never survive in a pool let's just be realistic here because the minute they dropped in the chlorine would probably kill them mm-hmm. but the whole point is is it's going to be funny and so she drops them in there of course uh 
Uh, they chase after the guys because they see what's going on and they're getting the hell out of the pool. And that that if you um saw the actual um trailer, that's like what the whole trailer was. Right, exactly. And uh, you know, the, everyone gets out except for the main jock guy who was talking a lot of shit. And of course, he doesn't die or anything. But we later find out that he lost a testicle, as uh, Wednesday put it, which is kind of funny. She's like, all he did was lose a testicle. I don't get the problem. (laughs) (laughs) But obviously, Wednesday is, you know, the more darker character of the family right now. Because even though Morticia and and Gomez, you know, they they have their dark sides and all that. They're kind of trying to get Wednesday to be a little bit more normie, sort of, to fit in at school and stuff. They, they, even though, like, Morticia and Gomez, they were, um, outcasts at Nevermore Academy. Which is where Wednesday Where Wednesday ends up going now. They also, they had friends. They, they belonged to little secret societies. Um, you know, they did things. However, Wednesday is very, um... Independent. Yeah, independent and just by herself all the time. And she has a hard time keeping relationships in general. She doesn't socialize very well. And she's even having a hard time with a relationship with her mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she gets expelled from a public school, which forces the Adams to take her to Nevermore, which they're kind of more than happy to do. They really like the school. It's kind of like the Hogwarts for crazy weirdo people. Uh, which basically houses werewolves, sirens, uh, vampires, stuff like that. So the kids all have like their special things. They're different than everyone else. That's the reason why the Adams like the the school itself. Uh, Wednesday, of course, her first thoughts are, "I'm getting the hell out of the school." Like she does, rather kind of do her own thing. She doesn't really want school. She doesn't really want to be around people. Uh, but then you kind of, as, as the series goes along, it's only eight episodes, but as the series goes along, you kind of start to feel that, like, there is a part of her that wants to have, like, a belonging, but she's having a hard time getting to that point of figuring it out. So she immediately gets to school, and she's got a guide who ends up being her roommate. This is Enid, played by Emma Myers, who I thought, to me, was my favorite character in the show, because uh, she was so bubbly and funny and the actress did a really good job with this particular character. This character, despite being a werewolf who hasn't quite wolfed out yet, <laughs> uh, as she called it, because um, she's going through her own issues with her family where they're giving her a hard time about not They were going to send out. her to, like, wolf camp wolf and camp. everything. Yeah. But yeah. Enid was... Enid's, like, what you would think of as the popular Miss Homecoming, Miss Congeniality. Um, and she really, truly wants everyone to like her and wants to be friends with everyone which pairing her up with Wednesday and them being roommates is really an odd couple yeah but didn't you see as it goes on the series that she grows on Wednesday a little bit and and back and forth so uh they have their disagreements when you have points in the in the series where they actually have a, a breakdown where they have to split up because Ina is very upset with her because of this this wall that Wednesday puts up between people uh but 
what ends up happening as far as the backstory to all this is that kids are getting hurt people are dying outside of the school by some kind of creature so now wednesday is turned into like nancy drew she's got her detective gloves on she wants to figure out what's going on so that's when she starts discovering this secret society that neko pointed to uh and other things that are going on like who it's a whodunit it becomes like a thriller mystery type of thing and i get why people might not enjoy this because it's got this whole like teeny drama thing going but really what's great about it is it doesn't rely too much on the romantic aspects of everything it's in there but it's really just like on the backdrop you're not and it's it's more about like relationships between friends right if, more right. than anything um you see each character how they develop and how they start interacting with each other and the one thing that was really interesting um is like wednesdays like she's she's you know a non-normie she's going to nevermore because she kind of is a psychic in a way because she has visions and it happens kind of out of nowhere um she might touch something or something might you know touch her or and she gets visions from the past from the future and she finds out that her mother also has the visions but her mother is more of a optimist and wednesday is a pessimist yeah, so morticia says she learned to look at the more positive visions and whereas at this point wednesday can't control them so she's getting whatever comes her way and what what the big thing that morticia was saying is you know the visions are visions they're not like you know you're going to interpret them the way that you will just based on your outlook and she's like i am a dove and you are a raven basically because that's how their visions are um categorized and i i found it really interesting with wednesday because for her she she was she saw a goal and she really was trying to figure out like why why is there a problem why is there this creature i know i'm not losing my mind i know it wasn't a vision i know i i know that this creature is you know killing people but everyone around was was brushing it off so she really dug her heels in to kind of find out the root cause of everything and what i liked was you know a lot of times the protagonist in a story is never wrong you know and just because she has visions doesn't mean that she's just as we said she interprets the visions as she can so i think what really made me like this besides just the really sweet relationships that started to develop um wednesday's not always on the mark like she thinks she knows what she's doing but she makes mistakes too because she is a teenager and she's just basically going off of her instincts and her vision and going off of clues that she finds and you know she's reading these old manuscripts and diaries and she's trying to figure out what could this creature be what are these secrets in this town because it's not a very big town either and the town also is kind of um it has its own haunted past yeah. regarding her mother and father because and just regarding one of their you know wealthiest families like 
and it's small. So everybody talks, everybody knows each other, and seeing Wednesday navigate her, like, her relationships, her school, her troubles, um, you know, she, she ends up do, doing a uh, crew, like, she's rowing, she, um, yeah. is doing fencing, and you know what, she, she didn't, she wasn't the best fencer, and, and that's what I really liked was, yeah, they didn't automatically give her wins on that kind of stuff, like, she had to have she had growing pains, yeah, I have to say, though, the, um, the star of the show is Thing, and, um, that's the, the hand, the hand, if you've never seen the Adams family and it was actually portrayed by an actor and I was reading some behind the scenes and watching some um like just some images of him like doing thing and he's kind of like in the green like yeah, so he's probably doing that he's doing the hand and, like and everything suit. else is yeah. like the green screen so that they can blend him out and it was really like he was funny it it's very difficult to act with a hand. Like, yeah, because he's basically communicating with just like signs of his fingers, because it's a disembodied hand. So, if you're not familiar with the Adams family, that's what he is. But he's initially sent on task to watch over Wednesday so that she doesn't try to escape school. But she catches on quickly. She's observant and knows that he's there. And so he becomes her slave in some sense. But even he has like a moment where he's like. I'm not doing anything else for him. I'm just going to read this magazine here, you know? <laughs> and he really, um, he, he starts seeing, like, Wednesday does start getting friends. And he kind of tells her, like, in his own, like, hand way. Because <laughs> he does Morse code and he does sign language and, you know, gestures. And he was telling her, like, you do have friends. And you see how it starts to develop. One thing that I've noticed, and I kind of agree, um, a lot of people are comparing it to, like, Hogwarts and Harry Potter, mm -hmm. and I, I get that, I do, but... It definitely has that kind of vibe, but it's, uh, I hate to say it's more darker, because... Not Harry more Potter... darker, but it's more adult, yeah, I think. Yeah, Even though this is kind I of... I mean, if you took the last two Harry Potter films, this would be up there with that. Because that was a more somber and adult-oriented. But Harry it Potter. is it is a little bit um, it's a little bit more graphic than mm -hmm. Harry Potter. There's you know cursing and um, yeah. it. I I honestly didn't know what to expect. I had very low expectations. I didn't know if I was gonna like it or if I was going to dislike it. But I actually liked it a lot. And I I I Anubis knows I'm not a big fan of Harry Potter. Um, not, you know, I, I don't she, know. She likes fantasy and stuff like that, but it has to be the right kind of stuff to get her attention. So occasionally I'll have a moment where I'll go back and show something to Neko, like Conan the Barbarian. Initially she could care less and she probably still doesn't care that much about it. But when we did it for a retro thing, she actually enjoyed it more, maybe because it was something she had to focus on, but... But we were also more interested, too. We, we, we like Conan, and we liked, um, the, uh, claymation, mm -hmm. and the... I was focusing on things like that, that 
You're Nowadays, right. we take that shit for granted because people can just do animation on their computer and you can make it look like there's a thousand spiders crawling on you in the blink of an eye. Yeah, see, I could show her Lord of the Rings every day. She still I won't will like fall it. Asleep. She just won't like I, it. I, I, Harry I, Potter's the same way. She just doesn't get into it. But I have fallen asleep and we've gone to the theater to see Harry Potter and multiple times while it was still in the theater, I've fallen asleep. The only one, what's the one that I like where it's the um, contest and um, oh, Cedric's okay. in it? Goblet of Fire. So that's, yeah. the, that's the only one I really actually liked. I was like, oh, this one's really good. Um, I just thought it was like a really dramatic Harry Potter. Um, but I like, I like fantasy to an extent. Um, yeah, it just depends on what it is, that's all. Honestly. If it's like Cl the original Clash of Titans, she likes yeah. it. Uh, you know, there's certain things. It's not everything. But. I like sci-fi fantasy, so like Star Wars and Star Trek are kind of like cool for me. Um, but when you get like a little too wizardy and and <laughs> dragons and... But see, that's the other thing too. Wednesday isn't... It's more like... Um, Remember that show Grimm? Yes. That we watched? It's a great show. That kind of had the Wednesday yeah. feel. Yeah. Now, I. It's definitely along that line. So that's the kind of stuff I like. Um, where you have your freaks living out amongst, amongst you. you, but then you still kind of keep it a little secret because you don't want people to, like, panic yeah and that's the point because the town that NECA talks about they are aware what's at nevermore they know about these people and what they are but they have like this pact because the nevermore a lot of the nevermore students are actually very wealthy yeah and they they keep the town up like exactly. they they're paying for the students to be there the students um they volunteer they have volunteer day they uh like the town itself really relies on the nevermore academy as a source of income so even though like there is this monster trolling around and people are kind of whispering it's obviously coming from nevermore academy um the mayor's kind of brushing it aside like there's no monster you must have seen a bear same thing yeah. with the sheriff they're kind of like oh well and the one thing I do, like, again, this was a very short series. It was only eight episodes, but you start seeing some, like, interesting pasts of each character. They they don't dive deep into every character, but, you know, the mayor and the sheriff, they all have interesting backstories, right? And the, um, oh, crap, what was her name? I gotta pull this up. The, um... Gwendolyn Christie, Larissa Weems, the principal of Nevermore Academy, um, she was roommates of M Morticia, Morticia right. but she also has like a very interesting, um, you know, I don't want to call it like. Well, you kind of go into it thinking that she might be your main like. Antagonist. Don't 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 I'm don't not, don't 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 look that you're. This is still too new. Don't. I'm give not too giving much anything. Away. I'm just saying, but you kind of. But that's my point about the whole series is that. There's a lot of twists and turns. So whenever you think you figure it out, like Wednesday, uh, it turns out it's not what you think it is. 
So we had multiple times oh, oh, where yeah. we thought I, I thought for sure I was like, oh, I know who it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute, no, no, wait, go back, no, what? <laughs> I think for me it was like you you see in like maybe the first episode you're like it's this is definitely who the problem is right and then you see another episode and you're like well maybe not this is the person who's the problem then you see i and wednesday does the same thing in each episode wednesday herself is as she's reading these old diaries and she's you know getting her visions she starts like and that's a problem for her together. because she keeps coming to the sheriff because, you know, she's trying to get this case solved. And then when shit doesn't go the way it's supposed to, then the sheriff's, you know, it's like Colin Wolf. You know, it's like you're not getting it totally right. So that's it's frustrating for her as a, as a person because she thinks she's figured it out, but it's not quite what it seems. And so it's a big it's a big thing going on there. But I really enjoyed the series. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I'm surprised that critics only have it at 69%, but there's only 72 ratings so far. But the audience is giving it an 88, which is pretty good. I think it's right around the 8 or 9 range for us. I honestly, like, is it not woke enough for critics? Is that what they're... That, I don't know. I haven't read any of their... That's how critics are. They look at, like... Outside... But there's plenty of diversity in this series. Oh, yeah. there's, There's men, women... All like walks of life. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't. You know, it, you can have something that's aware, but it doesn't have to beat you over the head. And sometimes when these newer shows come out, they try so hard to force the square peg in the round hole that it turns people off. So if you're doing something like this where it's more natural and you're not worried about it and you still got your diversity and your awareness of things. Lots of strong female characters, Very. too. Like, like I, I said. Like, I mean, Wednesday is... The, oh, who was the girl who played the siren? Um, oh, the black girl. Yeah, um, uh, what was her name? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, she was very good. Um, and, yeah, that, I thought she was really good. And, like I said, Emma Myers, who played Enid. Joy Sunday as yeah. Bianca Barclay. She is... She's the one who actually beat Wednesday in fencing. Remember, right, they were yeah. gonna they fenced yeah, well, she's till like, first blood. When they said she was the the lead chick mm-hmm. when she arrived, like you had to like beat her down or you know outdo her in something. And they, she, I mean, Wednesday finally did outsmart her in something. It was when they were doing the the rowing. crew. They were rowing. But uh, yeah, a lot, lot of strong leads from women in, in this, and all of them like even. Catherine they just you don't see much of the rest of the family once they've dropped and off that, I, you know which what is I, good because... I actually think that might be what people's complaints are is that it's like um derivative of the original and it's not pulling in like the the whole family well but it's called Wednesday so you and that's that's that. the other thing uh I think but it's only season one so you never know what's going to be happening from here like it, it's almost like they said, we're going to try this. If it does well, then maybe we'll go forward. And I'm sure Catherine and the other guys will come back. Because I thought they all did a good job. Mm-hmm. But you're going to see plenty of like nods to the movies and the older stuff that you've seen from the show. Because, again... Yeah, I mean, like, Lurch is in there. The Snaps are in there. Yeah. Um, I, I think about sometimes um, that maybe... 
people dislike that it's separate. Like, it was always the Adams Family, and they had, it was like a comedy, and it was a sitcom, and maybe because this is so different, but I, I kind of liked that it was, um, it was giving Wednesday her own voice and it because Wednesday was just kind of like not the main focus of the Adams family like the original Adams family or even the character or the um cartoon well, in the movies it was all of them and mm -hmm. like we even mentioned there's one character uh cousin it that never made it mm -hmm. so and we love cousin it yeah so whether or not that's something we'll see going forward I don't know but uh, I like that they did something a little different, and like I said, they, they focused on one Adams. I think that if you tried to put, I mean, you do see the rest of the Adams family at other parts in the series, but if you tried to force them in too much, then you've got too much going on. Like, they already had plenty enough going on. They had on. a lot going on. So I really like the characters, um, and I want to see a season two. I, I do too. Remember, um... And you're not as big... Well, we both are kind of. American Horror Story. Mm -hmm. So, like, the first season, they were, like, writing as they went. Mm -hmm. They were just like, let's kind of see what happens. And they came out with kind of, like, an interesting first season. And then there have been many well-written, well-rounded, well like, interesting seasons because they started off with something... And I'm wondering, you know, maybe there's going to be, maybe it's not Wednesday. Maybe they're going to focus on Pugsley or maybe yeah. they'll focus on another student or they could, they could go so many different ways because there's so many things going on. There's so many, um, I don't want to say cliffhangers, but there's so many loose ends that need to be tied up in, in the story that you could really come back for a second season for something. Yeah, I agree. Um, they can go any which way they want with this, but uh, even if they stick with just this character and just do something else, that'd be awesome. Like, because it does it does wrap up at the end of the eighth eighth episode, so they can go into season two and just do a, a whole different thing, which would be great. So, enjoy it. Check it out. It's on Netflix. Oh wait, did we we didn't give our score. Are we going eight out of ten? Uh, yeah, we usually go out of 10, so I, I think it's, it's... I think it's an 8. Yeah, 8 out of 10 is good. Because I would literally watch it again. Yeah, I, I, in fact, it, you know, it'd be like 8.5, because like I said, they're at 88%, and I, I think there is close to the 8 and 9 area, so 8.5 for me out of 10, definitely uh, worth it. Let's get back into our music. All right. And this one we've got Ninth Realm, Death Rest, and here's brand new Inverted Matter with Scenario, Scenario. What's up, what's up, what's the Scenario?
Introducing the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast, available today on your favorite podcast platform. Metal Tavern is a heavy metal, rock music, and movie podcast where they discuss movies, music, current events, and feature live interviews with bands, artists, and YouTube personalities. They spotlight independent labels and feature the underground bands the label represents. Again, that's the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Stream it today on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podbean, YouTube, and at the website MetalTavernRadio.com. Many episodes up for you to listen to already, and make sure you subscribe to be notified of future releases. That's the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Go listen, download, and subscribe today. You can also connect on Facebook, search Metal Tavern Radio, and follow the guys on Twitter at DJ Anubis88 and DJ underscore Nico Caffreak. This is the Retro Movie Vault with your hosts DJ Anubis and DJ Neko only on Metal Tavern Radio. You haven't heard anybody say anything about either one of these. Well, what about these two? They suck. These are the same two movies? You weren't paying any attention. No, I wasn't. I don't think your manager would appreciate it. I appreciate your ruse, ma'am. I beg your pardon? Your ruse, your cunning attempt to trick me. Alright, so now... I'm going to talk about Lake Mungo, a movie released in 2008, done in documentary style. Yeah, it's kind of like, um... What was it? Uh, VHS, kind of... You mean in terms of presentation? Um, yeah, like it, you, you start off thinking um, if, if you would just pop it on without yeah. any kind of context, it was done so well and the actors were so natural that you might think it was a uh, documentary. VHS is the one about the, um, the haunted houses, right? Um... No, VHS is generally like. But that was the other one. That was the other one was kind of documentary style, which is the one about the haunted houses where you had one, two, and three. Oh, um, shit. And it was done. Hell do- House. Hell House. So it, you know, Hell House was done documentary style, but you really knew it was a movie. Like you could tell. This. And this one was actually. Granted, it was 2008, but uh, it, it convinces you more that it's actually a, a doc. documentary, yeah. Uh, so if you had never gone into it, so like when I first watched it, I thought, oh, this is something that's kind of real or something. Until, of course, you research it and you realize that it's just a movie. But uh, basically, so, the premise is 
you got a family who at the beginning are calling the authorities because their daughter's missing after they went on a picnic. They were at a dam and they were swimming. Yeah, so the daughter goes missing. They have a, a, a son, too, who's around the same age as the daughter. And uh, they can't find her, so, of course, everyone's searching around for her. Uh, they eventually find her. She had drowned in the dam when the son and daughter were swimming out there together, and the son came back, and she didn't. Uh, but no one knew it at the time, and then so they found her, and the father... They found went, her, like, days later, yeah. after she had been on the bottom of the, the, um, the, lake. the lake for a while. So the father was the only one to identify her, so they were showing us stills of, like, her waterlogged body and how kind of grotesque it was at the time because it had been down there for a while. Uh, so then the, the the mystery starts going on about how... And, and this is this is the thing I was getting. I'm reading this article uh, review called uh, from Collider.com. It says, It's time to watch Lake Mungo, the most devastating horror movie ever made. Now, I don't know if I'm going to go with that kind of a title with this, but he makes some uh, great point. Let me make sure he's a male because I don't know who's writing this. Vinny, yeah. So Vinny Mancuso is the one that authored this. And he makes some great points in here about... And, and Neko actually picked up on this more than I did. So uh, she came out of it, you know, okay with it. But she point, she was quickly pointing out that, like Vinny here, that the movie's more about grief. It, it, it really kind of... Even though you've got this other stuff going on, uh, it's more about the atmosphere and the grief that the family goes through dealing with the loss of the daughter. Uh, but, of course, we have the whole other part like of the that. supernatural right. element. So they start, the family starts claiming they got things going on at the house where things are moving, there's sounds happening, and then, uh, you know, you have the mother who's seeing, like, a, a psychic who's on a local radio station. Uh, she wants answers. Uh, she's and then, of course, the son picks up a photography and starts taking shots around the house, and he ends up coming up with pictures showing the daughter in them. And so when that happens, it's almost like a cruel ploy on the mother because she starts believing that the daughter's still alive. And she that, actually thinks that she is coming back, or maybe she ran away and needs help or something, um, because when the when they found her body, the father identified the body. He's the only one who put eyes on her. So then the mother is like, well, maybe he... It was maybe, wrong. He, yeah. he didn't... He, it was wrong. You know, it was a body who'd been underwater for a while. So it could, you know, it could have been somebody else. So she really started, um, you know, railing on the father and on the community, basically saying... She's still alive. I, I, she's got to be still alive. We keep seeing her, and she must be in distress or something because she keeps coming back to us secretly, like, you know. Right. So, eventually, they exhume the body. And they take a DNA, and they, they verify that it is her body, so that puts that to rest. And that, but now that the story changes to, well, are they seeing ghosts? Uh of course, what happens is we find out the son and had been kind of doing hoaxes and putting stuff in the pictures and in the videos to make it look like she was there. And the son, he said he did that because um, 
you know, he didn't see the body and his mother didn't see the body and his mother had gotten so convinced that she was still alive that he was doing that so she so that they would have the body exhumed and and double check and do a to dance. make sure yeah just, just, oh god well hello I, just, I am now. i'm sorry hazel hazel's upset about it too look at her <laughs> um so he was just he really was just trying to find a means to an end but then when it came out he forged those videos and forged those photos he um he came clean and said i just i really wanted some closure for my mom because she truly believed she was still alive he 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 kept saying you know mom was convinced Allie was alive because there was no she didn't see the body and so after they exhume the body and they find out and then he comes clean it was still a lot of creepy things happening mm-hmm. and you know part of me just because i am kind of skeptical i um i'm not saying i don't believe in ghosts so so don't but like a lot of times the things that scare me is my own brain you know it's like a thing well it's proven that if you go into sorry it's like you weren't here I mean, I, sometimes when you go out to sea like i get alone and i get in my own head so like you're like i heard a noise but like but i it's not even ghosts like i'll sit there and say to myself you know it's kind of weird it's got a weird vibe maybe i should pull out my gun for home protection <laughs> until someone breaks in but the reality the reality is the chances of that happen are almost nil but you know you could sit there and you sit there and watch what happened to these four kids in idaho you never know. Right. Yeah. But I've been, as a kid, even, like, I remember one time going down when I was, I don't know, I must have been, like, 10, 11 years old, down in the basement, and the stairway was lit, but the rest of the downstairs was dark. And so I hit around the corner because we had this uh, Rottweiler dog. Oh, no, you're not telling this story. Don't tell anyone. But it's funny in a sense because I'm going to relay more to it. It's not funny. So the dog comes down (laughs) at the bottom of the steps. You're an asshole. And is looking at me, looking for me. And so like I jump out and scare it. And the dog pisses itself as it got scared, which is normal, right? But I think to myself while I'm waiting there for the dog to come down, like... I hope it bit you. No, he never did, but... Like, I'm down there, and I'm in the, you know, just around the corner from the light of the, the, the stairway, but it's dark. And so, like, you, you just start thinking, man, what is there something down here with me? Like, yeah. I always was like that when I was a kid as well. Um, I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten a little bit better. But you know how I am. I don't like it to be completely dark. When we go to bed, I'm like, yeah, turn on the TV. You don't have to turn on the... Just turn on the screensaver. Because I, I like a little bit of ambient light. I did that to Chris once when I was living there. I'm like, it was... Because you know, at times during the summer, uh, Maryland gets foggy. Mm-hmm. And his mom lives, like, in some wooded areas. So, like... You know, I was staying there, and he was coming out from his garage. We were going to go out for the night. You know, there's trees, and it was foggy, so I ran around some trees. And now he's he's funny because he's he knows me. He's like, he's like, he comes out by the garage, he's like, I know you're out there. Where are you? And so, and so, and so I'm just kind of like, I'm standing out by the trees, and I'm like, 
It's fucking creepy, man. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> the trees are scaring me. Yeah, I was like, this is all like Evil Dead shit. I gotta get the fuck out of here. So I just walked up to him and we went about our business. But that's it's, the thing. It's, you could sit funny. there if you were like, by yourself. If you just sat there, like no one else around, not doing anything, you'd get in your own head. Like it doesn't have to be real life. You could just say, there could be supernatural shit out here. I just don't know. And I'm sure that's like what this family was going through in their own heads because they're going through extreme grief um you know at one point the the father says he saw a ghost and then he was like so shook up that he saw her ghost and needed to be calmed down and he was i completely believe i'm not i'm not dismissing the belief in ghosts i'm just saying i i completely believe that someone could be so grief stricken that you you could see something or you could see a ghost you know anything so this whole family they already know it's a hoax now because the son said it was a hoax and they also reached out to a psychic right and the, i talked about that was on radio so. yes so the psychic um is trying to help them and trying to have them visualize things and, and setting up the cameras and, you know, trying to figure out what could possibly be distressing the family. And, you know, the more I watched it, I, I didn't get this, like, horror film kind of feel. Honestly, it was, it was more of a thriller. It was more on the lines of... Um, silence of the lambs where it kind of messes with your head but this was also really sad and i i say that because it you the actors did such a good job because they were like you could see the mother while she was grasping at straws to like believe yeah there was like no her. overreacting and it, you know everyone did their parts perfectly you actually believe they were actually a family uh and then there was like just other things that happened, and because we this is two thousand eight, so we can we can totally go spoil it. We'll spoil it a little bit. But uh, you know, you have twists and turns. Like the daughter had secrets regarding a neighbor, and oh, that's right. So then there's like, oh, did this neighbor have something to do with what happened? You know, there's like. So yeah, uh, you know, it, they we mentioned that they put up cameras in the house because they were looking for ghosts. Mm -hmm. Well. The son admitted that he was using, um, like, mirrors and the TV to show old footage of Allie. And um, so the mother was just kind of, like, going through that footage. And she noticed, this is after she knows it's fake, too. She noticed the, the footage of the reflections in the mirrors. But then something that didn't catch her eye before was she saw something else kind of over in Allie's room. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be a neighbor, like, skulking in Allie's room looking for something. And it was it was kind of, like, disheartening. And it turns out that Allie had, like, you know, a secret safe that she kept tucked away in this... I'm, I'm guessing at one point it was a working fireplace, but it was... I, I don't know if any of you out there have went into older homes or live in older homes where the fireplaces kind of have been sealed off 
because it's an old home and each room had a fireplace, but now you have like a heating system. So the front of it, you can still, you still have the hearth, but the front of the fireplace is like a piece of wood. Mm -hmm. And then underneath that goes to the chimney flue is sealed off. And that was kind of Allie's little secret hiding place. And she had her um, appointment book and her diary and a secret videotape in there. And it was after her mom um, saw that, that it was a neighbor. She's like, this is my neighbor. And she started like nosing around in Allie's room again. Um, And I guess because all of these older homes had this like false fireplace she knew you know clearly you could manipulate the false fireplace front and that's where she found Allie's stash of secrets which was her appointment book her diary and a secret video that included sex with the neighbor and the neighbor's wife so then, uh, in course, they find out that the neighbors had moved away from the town like six months after her death, So, and they couldn't be found somehow. But, uh, you know, so then you start wondering, well, was it guilt because of what was going on there with that? Because she was babysitting the kids. And... and she was only 16. Right. But this takes place in Australia, so I'm wondering if the age of consent well, yeah, is the, the, 16. The sh- movie mentions that they couldn't press charges because it was argued that it was consensual like there was no violence Mm -hmm. or anything like that so uh and then yeah you know just you got a lot of different things going on a lot of twists and turns and then we find out that she went to lake mungo uh for a camping trip uh, with some schoolmates and an event lake mungo is a dried up lake. Yeah. So it, it's out in the kind of like Australian outback sort of. And it was like a summer camp type thing with her and her girlfriends. So she's out there and they're getting drunk and, you know, just having a good time partying. And they've got their, it's at night, so they've got their cameras, uh, you know, their phone, the lights of the phones on. They're recording. And, they're, and you have to remember, this is. 2008 so their cell phone cameras and videos are very grainy very grainy very grainy not clear that we have now so she's wandering around and kind of splitting up and they're kind of just exploring and she ends up like walking a ways a bit and then she's it's like and this is one of the things that this scene was one of the ones in the top 100 scariest moments in film on Shutter right now. And the guy, Vinny, in this article says it's one of the scariest scenes in the movie, which people have pros and cons have said this is the only scene worth it. But I, I disagree. I think the entire movie is The great. movie is, it is a slow psychological burn. But she ends up basically walking upon herself, who's like a corpse. So... You get like a shot on the cell phone that's her bloated look from what her dad saw uh, when she had drowned. So then now we have like a panicked Alice running away from it uh, and taking her phone, a few belongings like her bracelet and stuff and burying it out in Lake Mungo. So of course the family goes out, finds where the tree was in the video and find out where that is. And that's how they discover the video, what happened. 
So then they're just kind of like, again, it's got the whole supernatural element. You know, the son's like, you know, she just happened to come across herself. Like, he kind of, he probably disbelieves it, but he's like, you know, she just came across something that she couldn't explain, and it was something that sent her into, like, a, a shell. And it, it kind of had her starting to withdraw from right. the family. Right. But then they find out, too, that the psychic ray that they hired, Allie had also hired because she kept having dreams, mm -hmm. bad dreams about basically her dying. Like, she's like, I, I, I keep thinking I'm gone, but maybe I already am gone. And I think after that happened, her experience in Lake Mungo, that's when she reached out to Ray. Her mom finds out about this by um, going through her appointment book that was hidden. his card, yeah. And then she felt very betrayed by Ray for not being open after they reached out to him for this help, for this help, you know, looking for her ghost, setting up cameras and doing all this stuff. So they were really kind of angry about this at first. But after they went out to Lake Mungo and they came back to the home, they said they felt at peace and the activity in the house stopped and they decided they were going to move. They were packing up the house. They had a bunch of their friends over kind of as a goodbye party. And they basically said, um, you know, everything is kind of in place now. And Ray was in town, so they decided to have lunch with him again because they said it's, it's over, it's done with. And they felt like, fine, everything is okay. The interesting thing about Ray was he, when he would have his um, consultations, he would always record them with each person, especially the initial consultation. And um, he kind of did like a little bit of a hypnosis thing where he's like, okay, um, close your eyes imagine your house and tell me about the house so the really I, I think the nice ending was you see the mother doing her initial consultation or no it was her final consultation with Ray and then you see Allie doing her consultation kind of like simultaneously and um yeah, it's interesting because it's like two different planes of the universe yeah and it's also like this is months before Allie's doing it months before she died and the mother I forgot her name is doing it like a year and a half after Allie did die so Ray's doing this with the mother and he's like okay close your eyes imagine your house and she's talking about describing the house it's a white house I'm going through the entranceway I'm walking into Allie's room and she's not there and for the mother that was kind of like peace for her because mm -hmm. Allie's not there. Well, you look at the film six months before. I look up here in a little chills thinking I about it. I get goosebumps yeah. the entire time, yeah. So you look at the film from six, six months before Allie dies when she's reaching out to Ray because she's um, 
she's scared. scared and she's having bad nightmares and she wanted help interpreting her dreams and he's doing the same thing go into your house um she's like i'm going into my room yeah she's already in there and basically it's the mother comes into the bedroom and, and this is Allie's hypnosis right and so the mother comes in and she doesn't see her so then that part of it's over now we go back to alice when she did it again as nico said months earlier she's describing the same scene that her mother had said only she it's from her point of view and she's sitting there and she basically says to ray uh my mom's there but she acts as if she doesn't see me at all and then, she's like she doesn't see me she's gone yeah and so that's it's it's one of those things and then again we talked about how some of the stuff the son was doing to create the hoaxes of the pictures and the videos and stuff and at the end if you're watching the credits the same pictures that he had like hoaxes in we all of a sudden start shifting on the pictures and video to other locations and we find out that Alice actually did appear in those those things even though no one else knew it at the time so it's so well done like it, it's got a creep factor about it uh i've actually highly recommended this to a samurai guy because he's been asking about it I, I think it's something that everybody should check out at once um i told you i think it's i think it's more sad than anything well yeah it's and I think so it, heartbreaking because a lot of what's happening is from the family's grief that it turns into supernatural but then when you see that maybe you do have a connection with your loved ones after you cross that plane into the other world and you see the mom and the daughter at the end you know they're just like passing each other by even though it's not at the same time and it's it's heartbreaking and sad and it is creepy but like again i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it but it's something that yeah this isn't like gore it's not like you're it's, it's not, not like gonna, the ring and yeah, stuff it's like not gonna that. scare the shit out of you and you're like i can't sleep for days right it's, it's just creepy it's creepy and it's sad and and depressing and but it's got enough going on with the story that it's, like, not going to bore you. Like like I said, there's a lot of twists in there. Mm -hmm. that you're like, oh, really? This happened? Wow, that's interesting. All right, so out of ten, what do you give it? Um, my only complaint about this movie is involving the neighbor. I understand, like, your point when we were talking about this the other day that it, um... It's like a misdirection. It's a misdirection, but it turn it, it's so inconsequential to the actual story that I think part of it takes away from the story because it's like you almost want to um, paint Allie in a bad light, like she deserved what she got because she was horrible. Well, see, I don't even think that there's anything that her. I mean, she felt probably shame for it because she got conned into it by a pair of adults. 
but I don't think it's something that she should be ashamed of. Like, I mean, obviously no one was there to tell her because she couldn't talk to me about it. You know, no one knew about it until after the fact. Like, her boyfriend was like, oh, I wouldn't have been with her if I knew that. Like, that's something, like, totally different. So, is it that you don't, um, don't mind that they went? Because I thought, like, the fact that they caught the neighbor on camera was creepy. I thought that was, like, oh, I shit. thought that was creepy, but So I... you just want some different type of story Yeah, because that. all okay. they did was, like, kind of make it that... Like, maybe he was a stalker or something, you know? If they would have tied him into what happened somehow, it would have made more sense. But they just had him be a creep looking for this videotape that he knew existed mm -hmm. and then it turned out to be nothing and that's the only thing and then i i just i feel like that actually took away from this because you could have had anybody pop up in there right i actually think what might have been interesting is um if you had the sun pop up for no reason at all. You know what I mean? Like, and and then you're like, oh, yeah, I can see he was the one, you know, faking the videos or whatever. But I, I just really, I hated that one part of the story because it was this big reveal. They, they found her secret treasure chest hidden in the faux fireplace um, mantle and then oh yeah he's gone he's there's they, we can't press charges and oh no big deal like oh she's 16 it was consensual so i feel like it was like a i i get the idea of it being misdirection and i i do think it was creepy that he showed up in the videos but the story part of him just really it just was not important okay so what's so i'm your saying score? eight eight okay uh, I probably give it a nine. Uh, I do really like this. It's far from perfect, but I was. It's one of those films that when I initially watched, it, I thought it was gonna be trash. So I went in with no expectations whatsoever. So to come out of it like I did, I'm like. I did too, cause I I I've never heard of it except for you, like telling me about it and then con trying to convince me that I had already seen it, <laughs> and I'm like maybe I did, but like I thought it was shit, and but. Honestly, it's very engaging. So don't think like my one minor critique of that part of the story. It, it's not enough for you not to watch it. It is very engaging from the beginning. You feel for these people because they're like speaking to you through the camera. They're, they're talking about someone that means everything to them and they lost them and they're trying to figure out what is going on they don't know why they're like so sad they they don't know why they're having um bad dreams they don't know why anything is going on and all they're trying to do is um piece these things together and figure out like the supernatural quote-unquote aspect of what happened with their daughter but you believe it Mm -hmm. you really believe it it's it's just well acted yeah it's right there in your face so rotten tomatoes i was kind of surprised it's only 23 reviews but they gave it like a 96 so they're right up where i am but the audience despite having 2500 plus 
uh, 63, so they weren't as crazy about it as I was. But I think I'm finding more and more people are... This is almost coming like a cult-type thing, cult-classic-type thing, because uh, over the last couple of years, people have been talking about it more, and the fact that it showed up... It was actually high on Shutter's list. It was like around the 20 or 30s uh, that this uh, scene got mentioned. Uh, so for something like this, I think it's the only film he's done. So uh, for something like this to, to make that kind of impact with even just usual horror fans is a big deal. So I, I still highly recommend it. You know, make make your decisions yourself on what, how you feel about it. But uh, if you like little ghost stories and like really like this to me, I, I know I kind of shit on Blair Witch a lot already as it is. But this to me is a little bit more effective than Blair Witch. Blair Witch, you just got to a point where it's kind of like you kind of knew it was bullshit. This just has a more authentic vibe about it. That's uh, yeah. It feels authentic. Yeah. So. It's good stuff. Check it out, folks. And uh, Yeah, I'm really glad that you played it for me the other night. I, I have no problems. Um, I know sometimes when you play me things, I'm like, this is so stupid. But this, you know, it truly is something engaging. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, worth, it's worth a watch. I 100%. All right, let's get back into our music. Uh, kicking off our next block, it is Goat Smoker with Sleeper Hold. <laughs>
Come get it. Get lit. Yeah, it's on too. <laughs> Thank you.
hysterical but you there's so many like it's it's a, it's a movie about nothing like it's just about living your life as a teenager and some would say that's important it is important and it's just simple like i feel it because in it it takes place it was a 90s film that takes place in the 70s so it's like i was I, I had Wi-Fi while I was on the plane, and I was messaging DJ Anubis, and I'm like, do kids even, like, just drive around anymore? Like, in the 90s, that was a thing, and I know in we the We called 80s, it cruising. Yeah, well, I didn't call it anything. We just called, like, we're going to drive around and meet up. Like, I don't think kids do that, because everybody's got a phone, and you can just, like, text somebody the whole idea about driving around was like where is everybody nobody would stay inside that was the thing would you dare just stay home no because you needed to figure out like who's who's going out you could be over a friend's house you could be you know going to the mall the arcade etc but now everybody can just like text each other or facebook each other or tiktok each other snapchat each other so a lot of people just kind of stay home like old people like us and i'm like no 
when I was... We go out. We do. We go out more we than... We go out and do video shoots with heavy metal bands. I know, but, like, I feel like we go out more than some teenagers. We... I don't know. We, we don't really get out enough to really make that determination, because... Yeah, I don't really know. I've heard, though, like, from friends and stuff, with their, um... Most of the time, it's like... The kids don't really do anything unless they have like a planned activity you know maybe a dance class or you know uh baseball practice and then it's like everybody just goes home where for us and even in you saw in days dazed and confused they had a baseball game he went home and then he came right back out like it was but because you're so connected now you don't feel like you have the need to you know I don't know. I'm just waxing nostalgic she's, right now. Yeah, she's rambling. It's it's called waxing nostalgic. Waxing. Waxing. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate all the support as usual. Be sure to go to our YouTube. Check out our videos. Hit subscribe. So it's DJ Anubis Metal Tavern Radio if you want to search it on YouTube. Um, we're going to have lots of cool videos coming up. I actually taught DJ Anubis how to do some stuff and I'm gonna continue to help him do some things I'm I'm a big proponent of I'm putting her ass to work I know right not that I don't work enough already but I'm a Once big I'm on terms of the station I do yeah I um I'm a big proponent of finding things that uh can help with our station and with our YouTube so hopefully we will reach more people and our goal honestly is to, to get the music out there if you listen to our music or if you look back through our podcasts um we we kind of we don't repeat a lot so you'll see certain bands like here and there but it's independent artists mostly we have some like favorites especially during the rock block but the idea is that these independent labels are sending things to dj anubis and he's listening to them so what we want is to spread the word we just like to feature the underground i mean we play some familiar names here and there but uh for the most part it's all about just i mean you might get five out of you know 35 that are kind of like mainstream right the um so listening to this helps them out and if you listen to this and and you're following us on our website or you're following us on facebook um please check out the bands independently and support them if you have the ability maybe download some of their stuff or follow them on facebook instagram tiktok youtube etc at the very least you know just um like their pages check them out if you like them recommend them to people stuff like that uh because that all helps like just recognition and and people being aware that they're out there is always a good thing and uh we want to help them out as much as possible so exactly all right, all. Thanks again for your support. What's uh, our last song, baby? Our last song is brand new stuff from Northern Pahelion, and it's called Owl Songs. And then we will see you next week. Yeah. Metal it up.